Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. We brought you damn good beer, and now we're delivering you damn good beef. So damn good that you can now get Wagyu beef at the DNVR bar. That's right. We couldn't resist putting this damn good beef at the bar, and now you can get it. The Hassle Cattle Company Wagyu Beef Burger and all the toppings you want. Get it when you come to our next watch party. You watch the Nuggets, Abs, whoever it is, Rockies even. Get the Wagyu Beef Burger from Hassle Cattle Company. And, of course, as always, you can visit HassleCattleCompany.com, H-A-S-S-E-L-L, CattleCompany.com, and use promo code DNVR10, get 10% off your order. So you come into the bar, you try it out, you say, ooh, that's the best burger I've ever tasted. I'm going to order these direct to my house so I have an entire year's or month's worth supply, whatever it is. Grilling season's here. Get to HaddleCastleCompany.com, use promo code DNVR10 for 10% off of your order. Any orders over $200, you get free shipping. Check them out. Promise you will not be disappointed. What is up, everybody, and welcome to the DNVR Nuggets podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Download it right now. Use promo code DNBR and get in on all the action. So many cool things going on. Check out our pregame show, Superstar Dev. He gives you winners every single pregame show, and he's been pretty good at it. He's definitely above 500. You're definitely making money. I think all told on DraftKings since they opened, when they became our sponsor, and, and, and I put, I think, $200 in there. I'm up almost $1,000, and I still have the Jokic MVP vet, which is going to pay me out another 1000 So... A lot of great winners. They have all those crazy deals. Even if you're just wanting to get your feet wet, check them out. Download it. You're, uh, take advantage of all their like can't-miss deals, and then you can cash out if that's what you want to do. Today's episode, uh, it's me. It's a notebook episode. It's just me solo, and I've got a lot of interesting detailed notes about the Memphis game. I thought it was a really encouraging game. It was a really fascinating game, and there's a brand new episode uh, or edition of the list for DNVR members only a lot of the things I'm going to be talking about in this episode are things that you can see the video examples of with me kind of explaining the little details I kind of pause and go in slow motion and show you things to really um, that I think you'll really find interesting so you're going to want to become a DNVR member and then also check that out. Right now is a great time to become a DNVR member because if you sign up for a, a year subscription, you get a free shirt. And we just dropped a really cool shirt, the Jokic MVP shirt. You're not going to want to miss it, um, so check that out. To get into these notes, the very first play of the game, and this is up on the list, the very first play of the game was a variation of a play I've been ex- describing lately called Elbow Get. The Nuggets probably call it something different. And in fact, it's not a true Elbow Get, but it, it, it involves the same pieces. The way they usually run it, the Nuggets, they put Aaron Gordon on the right elbow and they have Jokic getting a pin down screen and then arriving on the left elbow before Aaron Gordon then sets a pick and roll for Jokic. So Jokic the ball handler, Aaron Gordon the screener, and then Aaron Gordon rolls to the rim. Jokic throws it over the top. It's a lob. It works every time. The Nuggets on the first play against Memphis mixed it up. They swapped P.J. Dozier and Jokic, ran basically the same action. A little slight differences you'll see on the video, but it's not worth mentioning. 
But they basically put P.J. Dozier and Aaron Gordon running that same pick and roll in that same spot, and they get a great look out of it. And if you recall, it's the first play of the game, and Dylan Brooks fouls Aaron Gordon really hard, and Aaron Gordon didn't take too kindly to it. He kind of got a little pissed, and I love that about him. But it was interesting because this is what happens with NBA teams. They run plays, and... As the season goes on, they build on those plays. They change guys into different positions or they'll run counters or they'll get set up on one thing and then they'll go to somewhere else because teams start to anticipate you know, certain tendencies. And this is kind of a cool thing because the Nuggets have had success running it one way and they're starting to try it in different ways. And that's just what you do, especially as you get ready for the playoffs. The more counters and wrinkles you can add to your actions, the better. So I thought that was interesting. Um, Faku, Facundo Campazzo, he really stands out almost every time when I go back and do a rewatch. He stands out. And the thing where he stands out the most is just in his general, what what teams call KYP, know your personnel. Um, he was really good at knowing who are the guys you're supposed to run off the line and who you're not. And there was one play in particular, I think it might have been John Morant catches it in the corner. Faku is on Dylan Brooks. And Faku acts like he's going to run out at John Morant but then beelines it for Dylan Brooks. And basically what he was doing was forcing John Morant to be the one to shoot. If he rounds at John Morant, John Morant swings the ball on the perimeter to Dylan Brooks, and Dylan Brooks has a wide open three. He's a good shooter. John Morant, up and down. So instead, so Faku does a great job of reacting on the fly, knowing who he's supposed to try to force the ball to on the perimeter, gets it to John Morant, who then proceeds to miss. And it's just an example. That's like one little example. But Faku is always, I think, keyed in on the details of, hey, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. You could tell when you're that tiny and playing from that much of a deficit physically, you have to get all the details right. And Faku is a fun one to kind of really dig into the details because he just gets them right almost every single time. Jokic, and this is one of my favorite clips, and it's really one of the themes of today's show. Read and react basketball, and the I, the concept that there is a counter for everything. I might have said this on the show before. I think I have. I've definitely made this point before to people, and I, so I'm sure it was on the show. But I don't think defense is 50% of basketball. It's something like 35%, maybe 40%, 35-40%. And the reason I say that is because there is a counter offensively for everything a defense does. That's not true the other way. Defenses, um, you know, have to react to offenses, but offense can then re-react to whatever the defense is doing. And if you're a quick enough thinker or a skilled enough player, there is no perfect defense. And there was a great play that demonstrates this early on. It's of course on the list. Jokic receives a screen and then it's and then he goes in to set a ball or, 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 and then he has two options I'm sorry imagine the ball on the left wing and Jokic at the top of the key and he receives a screen and he has to go he has two options here if the defense goes over and trails Jokic then Jokic curls and goes right to the block and he posts up if the defense goes under the screen he goes up and sets a ball screen uh, on the guy who's on the wing. And this is what happened. Jo- He'd been posting up. Everybody knows Jokic loves to get down to that block and operate from the low block. Valanciunas thinks, oh, I'll sneak past him and get down there. Uh, you know, I'll beat him to the spot. Jokic immediately sets a ball screen, and now Valanciunas is so far out of position, he can't step up and guard the ball screen. Defenses have to switch, and Kampa- or Faku makes a great pass to P.J. Dozier. If you remember, he whips a pass, and then P.J. Dozier actually smokes the layup. It's a wide-open layup, and he misses it. It's kind of a crazy play. But that play was generated from Jokic reading the defense and reacting in real time and, and creating a shot out of it. And it's just a really great example. We're going to talk about a couple other examples uh, later on. 
Another theme from today's show is going to be that P.J. Dozier is such an elite help side defender. He's a really good on-ball defender as well, and at times he's great. I think he's inconsistent as an on-ball defender. It's hard to be a good on-ball defender, to be honest, at least for 82 games or 72 or whatever. When you really lock in, you see guys. Aaron Gordon, I think, and I'm going to talk about him, hasn't been a great on-ball defender lately, but we know he can be. P.J. Dozier, I think, can be, but isn't always. But he is almost always a very good help side defender in just little details. There's one play that really sticks out to me the most, which is he's on the weak side. There's a side pick and roll, and Valanchunas rolls to the basket. P.J. steps all the way outside the restricted area. He sees it coming, so he's like, Quick, he 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 re- almost reacts before the pass to Valanchunas comes. He gets all the way outside the restricted area and gets big, so Valanchunas can't just like dunk over him or dunk through him. And then what's even better about it is he reads that Valanchunas is going to try to throw a drop off pass, and he jumps and blocks the pass. I don't know if you get credit. I don't think he gets credit for a steal or a block for this, but it basically was because he deflects the ball, it bounces off of Valanchunas, then goes out of bounds. But it was made by him, one, reading the play and rotating over. It was super impressive that he got there quick enough. And then two, reading what Valanchunas was going to do once he caught the ball and creating a turnover. He's really good at it. And his length, his athleticism, um, you know, all of those things sort of aid in that. And I think it's one of the reasons Denver has... I don't want to say has a great chance in the playoffs, but they definitely become a better defensive team. They lose a lot of offensive power, 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 but they become a better defensive team now that Faku, Composure, even Shaq Harrison are playing extended minutes because all three of those guys can be great at different avenues of, of defense. And with PJ, I think his best is as a help side defender. Another note I have, I tweeted this one out, but Michael Porter, he sticks his leg out on contested threes and he's got to be careful with this. He of course got that crazy um, flagrant foul called on him. I think it was the Warriors game that you almost never see that every player sticks their leg out a little bit, but Michael Porter, part of this is because he's so tall. And I wonder if part of this has something to do with his like natural shooting motion. I don't love it, but because the times, the samples I have, and I have again, two examples of this on the list, he lands on one foot because he jumps up kind of rotates to the side, sticks the right leg out, and then lands on the left leg. And it just, it's uncomfortable. Michael Porter's already got those long, skinny legs. But he just needs to be careful also because sticking the leg out will, you don't want him to get a flagrant foul, especially in like a high leverage moment of a playoff game or something like that. And it's just something to kind of keep an eye on. And then lastly, before we take a break here, Michael Porter Jr.'s skill as a cutter is, it's really underrated. It's funny, people... I put on online the other day something about Michael Porter as a scorer, and I got the feedback a lot of people said of like, yeah, but he doesn't score off the dribble. Therefore, he's not as good of a scorer as a lot of other players. And I read this and I thought like, why is scoring with the ball in your hands considered like, oh, that's of a a greater value and scoring off of cutting or this or that is, is diminished. I think you want to be great at both. But Michael Porter is elite as a cutter, as a scorer off of cuts. And I don't think that should get diminished, but I also think he is underrated as a ball handler. He actually has some, like, like I shouldn't say as a ball handler, as a scorer off of the dribble, he doesn't use complex moves. He's not Kyrie Irving. He's not even Kevin Durant, who has a great handle for a guy, you know, seven feet tall or six ten, whatever he is, basically the same body as Michael Porter. He doesn't have those types of, of moves to him, and he certainly can, and I think actually will improve quite a bit in those areas. 
this includes as a pick and roll player. Like right now, he's pretty basic in how he can read the court as a pick and roll player. And I think he would turn it over if he handled the ball too much. But it's not like he can't score off of the dribble. I actually think the fact that he hasn't scored more is a credit to him buying into the system. But right now, as the team is starting to have to like find a new identity, he is starting to put the ball on the court more and attack. And even the Nuggets, I'm going to talk about a play a little bit later, where the Nuggets are looking for him to attack. Jokic is like, hey man, here you go, set the table for you, attack this guy off the dribble, and he's doing a great job of it. He's got, it's not that he has great moves, he's got a very long stride. You know, his lay, his hips are very high. He's got long legs. He's got a good first step. And he actually has a really good feel for just angles. This is true of cuts as much as it is for drives. He just has a good way of getting around, like getting to the spot, beating guys to a spot that he kind of sees. And so I don't think he's like, people have this idea of him that he's an incompetent scorer unless somebody's setting the tail. Jokic is throwing him passes that, you know, only by virtue of his height, he is scoring off of him. Not the case. He can dribble. He can do some things. And I think, and I predict, bold prediction, we're going to see more and more of that from him in the weeks to come because Denver's going to need more and more of that from him. And I don't think, again, he's not going to be Kyrie Irving. He's not going to be Kevin Durant. But I think he's going to put to bed this idea that he can't score off of the bounce. And furthermore, he is not just a good cutter because he is tall. He is actually an elite cutter because he just has a good feel for like how to get to the basket. I mean, he's a pure scorer. He's a natural-born scorer, and part of being a natural-born scorer is having a good sense for a win to cut, and not just cuts, but the subtle details. I have a great example of this up on the list where he makes a cut against Jonas Valanciunas, actually, and he puts a little hesitation into it. So he cuts, stutters, and then cuts again, and he totally gets Valanciunas on his heels and then beats him back door for a layup. It, it turns out to be a goaltend, and it was 100% one of those things where most players, nine out of 10, if not more NBA players, even star players would have made a straight line cut. He makes a little stutter step cut and it, it's the reason he gets open on it. So I, I just wanted to make that distinction that scoring off of off ball, like off ball, getting open and then scoring, it's not this lesser form of scoring. It still counts. In fact, in many ways, cuts are more efficient. Part of why Porter is so efficient is cuts, even for bad cutters is an above average outcome spot up same thing so if you can cut into a spot up you know the the odds of the, the the percentages on those shots tend to be up so it's actually a very valuable way of scoring but i also think that his off the dribble game is is set for expansion and he's capable of it and tell you guys about breckenridge brewery the official beer partner of dnvr and let's talk seltzers or as I call them, boozies. Breck is finally introducing their seltzer line, and it comes in a beautiful Jokic 15 pack. They've got apple pear, cherry peach, berry, and honeydew. You can head to the Breck Beer locator to find out where they are. Closest 15 pack. True story. Over the weekend, my wife was, these are called Good Company Seltzers. My wife is golfing, and somebody tells her, we have a good company left. And she says, yes, DNVR is a good company. Pretty hilarious story. You probably had to be there, I suppose. Uh, we can talk, also talk about the RK Special, the Hank Special, the Dre Special. These are all beers at the DNVR Bar. If you want to go to the DNVR Bar, we have eight 
Breckenridge Breweries on tap. You can ask for the RK Special, the Hank Special, the Dre Special. They'll know what it is. They'll make it for you. And then, of course, the farmhouse is op also open down there. The farmhouse is the uh, brewery, the, micro the Breckenridge Brewery microbrewery and restaurant there they have delicious food wings all kinds of bar food nachos all that kinds of stuff you can check them out if you're looking for a new place to try that you haven't tried yet go down to the breckenridge brewery and get some good beer sample some beer and then have a delicious meal as well also want to tell you about gabby insurance gabby g-a-b-i and what does that stand for get a better insurance a lot of people in our company put their insurance to the test for home and auto they just put it in. There's a calculator you can go to when you go to Gabby Insurance. Uh, that's gabby.com slash DNVR. When you go, you can enter your information. How much are you paying for your insurance? What's your premiums? And then they'll you put in all your information and they'll tell you, hey, here's what it is if you go with Gabby Insurance. They compete with Nationwide, Travelers, Progressive, whatever it is you've got, odds are you could probably save a lot of money. If you're like Eric Weedham, you might save over $1,000 a year. A thousand, not a hundred, a thousand dollars. So check them out. G A B I, get a better insurance. G A B I, Gabby Insurance, gabby.com slash DNVR. Back here in a notebook pod, I'm at a modest solo edition here. Um, I still think, so continue with my notes here, we're into the second quarter. I still think PJ Dozier gets a little too aggressive sometimes. Like he still doesn't have the perfect balance. And I think that's part of why his percentages aren't always great. I mean, he does miss a few bunnies. Like, I, I wish his finishing was a little better. His shot was a little more consistent. But more than anything, I just want him to know what's a good shot and what's a not, not a good shot. He still, even on his good games, gets too... He's Barton-esque, to be honest, in that there's always two or three shots that you're like, come on, man, you, you clearly could have seen that wasn't the time for that shot. But, um, you know, maybe with more playing time and more security, he'll take fewer and fewer of those. I will say that I think there's a nice chemistry between Michael Porter Jr. and Facundo Campazzo. You know, Facu's a, a it, Facu's a, a true passer, and passers love guys that can make shots more than anything, and especially if great cutters and, and and guys who know how to slide their feet and get open and things like that. And Michael Porter's clearly that. So there is a little bit of a, you know, Flutie is the quarterback. I don't even. I was gonna try to go with like a a great Flutie receiver, and I can't even think of who one one is. But there is a great like. Faku is constantly looking for somebody that can finish, and, and Michael Porter is one of those guys. And I'm curious. I saw some people say that Michael Porter's ascension, you know, it, it coincides a little bit with Faku playing with him more. I don't know if I think there's a one-to-one -one correlation there. I think it has more to do with just him, Michael Porter, you know, his ma maturity, his figuring out the game, his playing more minutes, and all those these other things. But I do think there's something to both Jokic and, and Faku have started to look for Porter more and more. It, I, and I think they just know that they need him to be a 30-point-per-game score. They win when he tends to do that. Um, Aaron Gordon, um, he's been getting beat, I think, a lot lately. He got beat by Kyle, Kyle Anderson in isolation twice. Kyle Anderson's nickname is Slow-Mo. And it, this is where Aaron Gordon's so, so tricky. I mean, I do think that maybe he's not 100% healthy. I wonder if it would benefit him to take a couple games off. It would really hurt the Nuggets, but maybe he's a guy that – if the Nuggets secure the four seed and there's no movement, they're not going to go up or down. I wonder if Aaron Gordon might sit out a few games and just try to get healthy and fully rested. It might be a smart thing because I, I don't know if it's that or if it's just that like he knows that he doesn't have to put full effort into every single night. And so a guy like Kyle Anderson beats him off the dribble. But if Kyle Anderson can beat him in ISO, I don't feel good about Denver's chances against anybody in the playoffs. They need Aaron Gordon to be an elite 
first-team all-defense caliber defender if they go up against LeBron, Luka Doncic, to even stand a chance. And if Kyle Anderson's beating you, that's that's concerning. Um, the new Nuggets, by the way, are still learning the plays. This is where Denver's so interesting. They're both trying to create a new identity now that Murray's out, Monte's out, Barton's out. But they're also trying just to get guys to understand the basic plays, whether that's Shaq Harrison, even Compazzo. There was a play in this game where Compazzo screwed up the play and Jokic is like having to tell him, almost like he used to with Michael Porter. It's like, no, you go here and then you go over there. And, and like you can kind of see him motioning to it. And it just reminds you of how much this Nuggets team is pieced together. And, um, you know, they're still figuring out the basics while they're also trying to figure out the advanced. It's it, it's a real huge challenge the Nuggets have. Um I really like how hard Shaq Harrison pushes the ball in transition. I actually really like Shaq Harrison. I think he brings a lot of things to the table. But one of the things he brings to the table that's very valuable is his sort of speed in the open court and his ability so far. I'm I'm not sold on this as a real ability, but his ability to push the ball and finish in transition. He had two great examples. I wish I would have put him on the list. The first one was so subtle. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to put this on. And then when he did a second one that was a lot more loud, I was like, ah, I should have gone back. I'll, I'll keep an eye for it. And on future lists, I'll try to demonstrate ways he creates an advantage by being such a quick player with the ball in his court or in his hands. You know, he is listed as a point guard slash shooting guard and he doesn't shoot. And when I watch him play, he looks a little clunky that I don't think of him as a point guard, but you know, he does have some aptitude at handling the ball. And I'm really curious to see if that aspect of his game comes out because if he could be like a pick and roll player and an open court player and, and you know, a little bit more of a, ball, a dynamic ball handler, then that gives, it, it's not the most ideal fit. They need somebody that can knock down shots, but at least it makes him somebody that's not a complete zero on offense. And I'm curious to see if he can become that. I don't really know his game well enough, but I will say he pushes it in transition on that first play. He ran in transition so hard that it forced a, a, a confusion to the defense. They didn't get set. Two guys rotate to him and it creates a wide open three for Faku that he nailed. And then on another play, he just runs the length of the court, attacks a defender and finishes, gets the and one. So two very impressive plays in the open court from Shaq Harrison. The, the other main takeaway, and I've kind of alluded to this a little bit, is that the Nuggets are really starting to play read and react basketball more and more over these last couple games. And I'm curious to see if that continues. You know, it's easy to do that against the Houston Rockets. Memphis on the second night of a back-to-back. But one of the things that has changed with this Nuggets identity with Jamal Murray going down, and then I think compounded by the fact that Will Barton and Monte Morris have went down, is that Denver's getting the ball popping a lot more than they have in previous sort of years, to be honest with you. You know, Denver used to get the ball popping a lot before the rise of Jamal Murray. I think what happened with Jamal Murray is that they started running more two-man game, and why not? They have maybe the best two-man game in all of the NBA between Murray and Jokic. But when you run the two-man game, oftentimes you great you generate great looks out of that without having to get the ball popping. So Murray to Jokic, Jokic to Murray, sometimes back and forth, and then maybe a kick out off of that because the defense collapses and now you kick out to Millsap or Porter or whoever it is. Now that Murray is gone... And now that Monte is gone, and now that Will Barton is gone, those are probably three of your top four pick-and-roll players. They're actually, in my opinion, probably your top three. As good as Compazzo is, at the NBA level, you need to be able to shoot and score off of the bounce, including from the three-point line and getting to the rim. And Compazzo, obviously a great passer, a better passer than, say, a Will Barton, probably even a Jamal Murray, maybe even a Monte Morris. But he just can't score. He's a zero as a scorer in the pick-and-roll, almost a zero. So... 
he's not quite as dynamic. And because of that, you don't run the same system. It's not like you put Faku in Murray's spot and say, okay, run pick and roll. Instead, you have to run something else. And I think one of the identities that is emerging for this Nuggets team is the ball is popping. Less pick and roll, more just ball movement, more quick decisions. Find Jokic. Jokic gets to the next guy, run a DHO or pick and roll or whatever. Roll, pass, pass, pass. Just lots of different segueing from one action to the next. And to do that, you need to be able to play read and react basketball. And I'm happy to report after going back and watching this game that the Nuggets seem to be playing better read and react basketball, including and maybe especially Michael Porter Jr. than at any point I have seen him in his career to date. Now, most of that, I think, has to do with the fact that he's just, this is the furthest he's been. This is the best Michael Porter has ever been. You know, he's only getting better with each game. And he's starting to read, as I mentioned, the cutting angles, the screening angles. But there was also plays in this game where he made great reads on the fly that were, as I mentioned, when the defense makes a decision, the offense can counter. There's a counter to everything. And Michael Porter is starting to read those counters quicker and going straight into, oh, I'm, I should screen here. My guy's out of position. Why don't I screen and, and create an opening for someone else? Or, oh, my guy's going over the top. I'm going to back cut this one right now and set up a wide open you know, backdoor cut for myself or backdoor layup. Um, he, ball handler create switches and get the ball to the guy who can take advantage of it, whatever it is. He is just, uh, he and the rest of the Nuggets are starting to get the ball popping and playing that flow basketball better than I have seen it in a long time. And again, I think there's a benefit that can come from this. You talk about, this is by no means a knock on Murray as if, oh, Murray ball hogged. When you have a two-man game that works, why get the ball moving? LeBron James, the ball in his hand for all those years in Cleveland or whatever, why pass it to Della Vadova to do something with? Or with? No, LeBron running pick and roll is like the greatest offense, one of the greatest offenses you can have. You do that. When you had the Murray-Jokic two-man game, you go to it. But with the emergence of Michael Porter and now Aaron Gordon, you start to get more guys that you think, okay, is the perfect, if everyone's healthy, including Murray, the perfect blend Maybe 20% less two-man game. You still have that in your back pocket, and end of close games, you're probably going to run that a lot. It's proven to be a great fourth-quarter offense. But can you say, hey, let's get away from so many pick-and-rolls because the more we move the ball around, the more everybody eats, and Michael Porter all of a sudden becomes a 30-point scorer, and that's an even bigger weapon. And I think that's what's happening. The identity of the Denver Nuggets is starting to be a lot more of the ball is popping Nuggets um, with a lot of defensive just sort of aggression. And I think that's cool. I think that's a really, a really uh, neat sort of evolution for this team. And I'm curious to see if they can keep it up as teams start to scout them more and find out where their vulnerabilities are. Time to talk about Manscaped.com and promo code DNVR, which saves you 20% off all of their men's below the belt grooming products and they are the best in the business they are the pinnacle of men's below the belt grooming and not just below the belt grooming they got nose trimmers they got boxers they got lotions they've got all kinds of stuff for you to make sure that you are looking your best feeling your best and right now you can save 20 percent off when you use promo code dnvr visit manscape.com if you're on the fence about it or maybe you're listening to this you got a boyfriend or husband and you're thinking hmm I'll bet they would enjoy this as a gift. You can get it for them as a gift. Manscaped.com. Nose trimmers again. Uh, Men's grooming products. Men's just everything that you, all the toiletries and everything that you need uh, for a man to stay well-groomed. Go to Manscaped.com. And remember, DNVR, that promo code gets you 20% off. I also want to tell you about DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. The Draft 
the most exciting day of the season. It's a chance to build on last year's success. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is adding to the thrill of the draft with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in free bets if a quarterback is drafted first overall on Thursday night. Turning $1 into $100 in free bets is simple. All you have to do is place a wager on any draft day outcome and you will be eligible to win $100 in free bets if a quarterback is selected first overall. Gonna happen. This is a no-brainer. They always do this to get you to sign up. Think you know who your team is going to, to pick? Put your money where your mouth is and bet on it on DraftKings Sportsbook. The draft is so fun. It's one of the biggest days of the year. By the way, we have some awesome stuff going on at DNVR at the bar, but also streaming live that entire day uh, during the draft. So you, if you're into the Broncos, check out our DNVR Broncos live stream during the draft. It's going to be a big deal. Been working on this thing for weeks. You're not going to want to miss it. And of course, also use DraftKings Sportsbook. Make the night even more fun by picking some winners, picking some bets, who you think is going to get drafted where. It's a good time. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up for a chance to turn $1 into $100 in free bets. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, winnings paid out in free bets. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And lastly, I want to tell you about our, one of our newest partners, Solace Meds, and let you know that there's only a couple days left to enter. I think three or four days left to enter their sweepstakes. If you go to SolaceMeds.com, S-O-L-A-C-E, meds.com slash sweepstakes you can enter to win a free trip to vac uh, to jamaica all expenses play paid all inclusive seven nights trip to paradise because they're running this incredible promotion new customers can sign up and and get access to that great deal we're trying to get as many people over there it's free to enter that thing you know i mean all you have to do is go there you put in some information and then it's free but solace meds right down the street from the dnvr bar they're your connection for all of your cannabis needs. They've got everything that you want. Really cool shop, really cool like vibe to it. Really chill place. And if you go there right now and use promo code DNVR20, you save 20% off your entire purchase. So go there, make a big purchase, use that promo code DNVR20 and you're gonna save a whole bunch. No purchase necessary for the sweepstakes. It's open to legal residents of Colorado, 21 or older, or if you're in Oklahoma, 18 and older. And it ends on the 30th of this month, so it's almost over. Uh, the raffle ends 4.30, so guys, get out there. Check out solacemeds.com sweepstakes. Final segment here on the DNVR Nuggets podcast, doing a notebook episode where I'm going through detailed notes, talking about some of the trends from this Monday game. Very interesting, very interesting game. Was worth the rewatch. Um, I thought Jokic's FU3 was awesome at the end of that second quarter. If you don't remember, he gets a foul call. John Morant like jumps kind of over his back. They call a foul on Jokic. I actually think it was a foul on Jokic. He clearly was upset about it. And Jokic dribbles up the length of the court after the free throw, and he dribbles up and just jacks a three. Now, there was a, it was a two-for-one. There was a method to the madness here. But I think Jokic had a little extra edge on it because he was so frustrated by the foul call, and he comes down and just drains a three. I loved it. I love when Jokic gets in FU mode. Um, Nuggets started out working the Grizzlies in the third, and maybe this had to do with the Grizzlies' fatigue. They were on a second night of a back-to-back. -back. In fact, I would bet money it, it had a lot to do with that. But Denver, I just thought, started to outwork them, and that's one of the key. If Denver's going to be a good team and win a lot of games down the stretch and maybe compete or even win a playoff series or two, it's going to be, be because they're hungrier. I, they were hungrier than the Clippers last year. That's why they won that series. When push came to shove, they were hungrier. And you get a guy like Dozier, Compazzo, Shaq Harrison, 
Jamichael Green. You just start adding guys who play hungry. And I think it elevates the team. And then when everybody's playing hungry, you know, Denver can be really, uh, really dynamic. I, I talked about the great ball movement that started ball movement. When you get the ball popping and you force a defense to scramble, especially at altitude, the offensive glass tends to open up. And Denver did a very good job of that. Michael Porter, I also put this clip on the list. He's very good at those flare cuts. I call them Lonzo cuts because Lonzo Ball's good at them. But you set a flare screen, especially in transition, a flare screen meaning the, the you're setting a screen for another guy who does not have the ball, who runs away from the guy who has the ball, but you know they become open for that skip pass. But when you set that flare screen and then slip to the basket, it, it's one of the best ways to sort of confuse a defense. One of the values of screens, the main value is to get a guy open. The secondary value is to confuse the defense. They then have to adjust, like, I got to fight over. Does somebody have to help for a brief second or whatever? And when you confuse the defense and then slip to the basket, you get open a lot. And Michael Porter has just really gotten good at that specific type of cut. And it's one of my favorite cuts in all of basketball. The One of the, the thorn in Michael Malone's side right now is transition defense. And in particular... Transition defense that stems from poor floor balance. And I think Michael Porter is a huge culprit from this. You know, there's a couple young players and new players on the roster. Shaq Harrison is one of them. P.J. Dozier is still a young player, even though he's smart. Floor balance means always making sure that there's at least one, and usually two guys back, and, I'm, and, and in today's NBA, usually a third. If you crash too many guys on the offensive glass, you're very vulnerable in transition to fast breaks. And this is one of those things where fast breaks used to be a huge part of the game. If you're listening to this and you used to be a fan of the 80s and you love the Alex English Nuggets always out on the break trying to get a quick shot or Showtime Lakers or whatever, it used to be a big part of this. But part of the reason it was such a big part of basketball was because it was pre-analytics and it was really pre, like, people figured out that, hey, sending four guys to the offensive glass sometimes produces a shot, a putback shot. And it helps your offense, but it really hurts your defense. And the cost of transition defense it far outweighs the reward of getting four, five, six, seven extra offensive rebounds and points. And so now to offensive rebound, you really want two, maybe three guys attacking the boards, but you mostly want to be able to get back to stop the fast break. Well, Michael Porter had a couple over the last two or three games where he's the the lowest man, meaning or the highest man, he's furthest guy back, but he sees an angle to try to grab a rebound, he goes for it, doesn't get it, and all of a sudden there's nobody back. It's like playing free safety and you see a blitz angle, so you go for it. And if you get the blitz, okay, you look like a you get the putback dunk, you look like a genius. Like what a great play. But if you miss it, if you miss the blitz, well, all of a sudden you got a receiver with nobody on them on the other end of the court. And how many times have we seen that over the last three games where the defense has looked up, thrown a pass, and there hasn't been a Nuggets defender within 10, 15 feet of them, and it becomes a wide open layup. Michael Malone rage timeouts almost every time he's been seeing these lately, and rightfully so. Those are the types of plays that you just can't have, and they come from a poor floor balance. Guys not recognizing, hey, I'm not in the crash the basketball uh, crash the offensive boards position. I'm in the get back on defense position. Um, the Grizzlies went zone to start the fourth, and it was an interesting moment. Denver's up like ten points, and the Grizzlies go zone, and this is one of those things where guys have to hit shots. You work the ball around. Sometimes your you know zone defense leaves you vulnerable for offensive rebounds. It leaves you vulnerable to nice ball movement that that gets wide open shots. But you got to make them. And I think that this is going to be a thing the Nuggets see a lot of. They probably will even see it in a playoff. If you put a lineup out there that has 
you know, Dozier and Shaq Harrison and Paul Millsap and Jamichael Green. You know, you put a lineup out there like that. Those guys, some of them can hit shots, but they're not super consistent. And if you go zone and you say, we dare you guys to shoot threes, contested threes, you don't have guys that are going to really muscle us inside or this or that. We're not really worried about your athleticism, grabbing a bunch of offensive boards. So we're going to go zone and dare you to make threes. If you go 0 for 3, 0 for 4, that might be the difference between, you know, holding on to a lead, a two-point lead, and being down six, seven points all in the fl- in the blink of an eye. So I think teams are going to start going zone against Denver a lot. It just so happened in this game, the Nuggets hit their first three or four shots out of that, you know, against the zone um, and, and put them the game out of reach. They end up being up like 15, 16, 17 points by the time they get out of that zone. And I, if I, you ask me, do I have confidence that that team can generate good looks? That unit can generate good looks. Yes, I do. Do I have confidence that they're going to make enough of those consistently that teams shouldn't go zone against Denver? Absolutely not. I think playing zone against that Denver second unit is a smart move, and there are going to be nights where Denver loses or blows leads in large part because teams successfully pulled off four or five possessions in a row of a zone. Um. There's another play. I talk about PJ's help side defense, but there's another play I want to shout out. It's just an incredible play. He's on the weak side. There's a pick and roll. He stunts to shut off the roll. They swing the ball to his man. He closes out to, I think it's Dylan Brooks, closes out to take away the three-pointer. So he goes from help side, rotates all the way back to his guy, and closes out so that Dylan Brooks can't shoot a three, which we know he loves to do. And then sticks with Dylan Brooks as Dylan Brooks attacks the closeout and tries to get to the basket and draws an offensive foul. So he rotates to help, closes out, and then contains the drive all all in the span of about one and a half seconds. And not many players can do that. It's a combination of his athleticism and length, but also just how keyed in he is on defense. Very impressed with P.J. Dozier on the defensive end. And then Michael Porter even had a great rotation as well in this game that stood out. I can't remember what defender it was, but fell down. And Porter, recognizing that, rotated all the way over to stop the play. They still scored on it, but it was one of those plays where Porter did the thing he was supposed to do to make the possession a best chance for the defense to survive. And I just thought it was cool. So really good. All these notes are so good today because I thought it was a feel good game for the Nuggets. But more importantly, there's very interesting things going on with the team right now that it's a short sample size of a Houston game that was pretty meaningless and a Memphis game that was somewhat meaningless because it was against the team on a back-to-back. And I'm curious to see now if they can continue some of the positive trends that they're starting to establish and positive identity that they're starting to establish with getting the ball moving, getting the ball popping, and then just playing that really aggressive and, and I think effective style of defense. If those things continue, you know, we might have not just an interesting playoff run ahead for Denver, but I think it also will benefit Denver in the long term as they sort of rediscover an identity that they had forged in 2016 and 17 before the rise of Jamal Murray, where they found a new, even better identity, but one that maybe can be reduced now that Michael, in a way that will help elevate Michael Porter and make him a better piece of the team even when Jamal Murray comes back. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Don't forget, pregame show tomorrow, right 30 minutes before tip-off, postgame show live up on our YouTube channels. You're going to want to check that out. Become a DNVR member. That way you can get a free T-shirt, the Jokic MVP shirt. Eric also has another shirt coming out this week, and I'm telling you, it's a beauty. You're going to want to get that one as well. So become a DNVR member. You get discount on merch and all that kind of stuff. Everybody else, we'll see you then.
Rugby Town USA is excited to introduce you to new rugby venture and team, the Colorado Exos. The Exos are athletes who have competed at the highest level of their respective sports, football, basketball, baseball, wrestling, soccer, and track and field. These athletes possess all the necessary skills to excel at the game of rugby. Many of guys you might have heard of, guys that have played for the Falcons, the Cardinals, the Seahawks, now they are being converted to uh, rugby players at Infinity parkglendale.com you can get some information there or you can just check out our guy colton strickler who's doing the dnvr rugby podcast the colorado xos really cool thing going on in denver check them out